Welcome to the First Pres podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you would like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 8:30, 9:10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Pres at www.first-pres.org. I love to see those kids waving those palms. There's always a little collateral damage, you know? <laughs> Open your Bibles, if you would, to uh, Matthew 21. As we turn to a different passage this morning as we enter Holy Week. Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11. Hear now the word of the Lord. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you. Gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Lord, we thank you for your word. We pray that you would come and meet us this morning. Open our hearts. We could receive this word once again as we enter this holy week. We could know your love and your grace and your presence with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, every now and then you see a yellow ribbon tied around a tree or you see a big welcome home poster on the front porch of a home and you know somebody's coming home after a long time away. You remember that song, Tie a Yellow Ribbon? Uh, Around the old oak tree. My grandparents had a player piano that played when you pumped the pedals and you, you would put the song in this, uh, it was kind of a scroll of paper that you put in it and you hooked on it and then you pumped the pedals and the song would play according to how fast you pumped and they had the song Tie a Yellow Ribbon Around the Old Oak Tree, it was one of the songs. And my brother and I would compete to see how fast we could play that song. <laughs> I can still hear the piano just kind of burning along. da 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 The piano doesn't work anymore. (laughs) I don't know why. The story we've been studying, the story, the parable of the prodigal son, it's a welcome home story. It's a welcome home moment. The younger son comes home and is welcomed. The older son, while at home in the body, he's far away in spirit and his mind, and he too is invited, come home, come home, get right with the father and be at home. It's a welcome home story. And now as we enter Holy Week, we step aside from the parable of the prodigal son and look at another homecoming, a welcome home moment as Jesus 
comes into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. Here is the Son of God entering the city of God. He ought to, he ought to feel at home. But just like our parable in Luke, we've been studying the responses are mixed. In the parable, the father races to embrace the younger son, but the older son stands back with his arms crossed, kind of discriminating and cold. And in the same way here, we see some people are shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. They're celebrating and they're singing, but others are, are standing back reserved, arms crossed, uh, waiting, watching, pulling away. The older brother spirit is there. The older brother lostness. That voice that says, I, grace isn't welcome here. I don't want a savior. Get away from me. Where will you be? Where will you stand in the story today? This is a remarkable moment in scripture. It's a huge turn in Jesus' ministry. He used to hide himself. He told his mother once, uh, it's not yet my time. He used to tell people in his ministry when he healed them, he would say, now go and don't tell anyone about this. Don't tell anyone what has happened. Not because he didn't want people to know about him, but it wasn't time yet. But now it's time. Now Jesus rolls in. Now Jesus reveals himself. Now is the time. And when he reveals himself, we have to ask, how will we respond? See, let's get this straight. We believe something here as a church. As Christians, we believe something in this world that is very remarkable. It's very strange. We believe firmly that a personal relationship with God is possible in Jesus Christ. We believe that you can know God, that you can be in a relationship with God, and that this relationship is the fulfillment and the satisfaction of your deepest longings and desires. There's a proverb that says, a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. To know Jesus is to have desire fulfilled, a tree of life, a fount of, of eternal water, life-like water flowing eternally into your life, into your Spirit, and this is a crazy claim, but that's what's at the heart of Palm Sunday and Easter. Jesus is able to reveal himself, and you are able to know him. Jesus reveals himself to hear you say his name. We see here in this passage what could happen. We could stand back like the older brother, arms folded, cynical, cold, or we could uh, join the crowd singing and hollering. You know, it's possible just to get carried away. Even with good things, even with church, we can get carried away for all the wrong reasons and the, and the emotions and the momentum. I'm part of a, a great thing that's happening, a kind of success church. Uh, there's a rising tide, momentum, life change, everything's getting better, Woohoo! You know, but, but the folks that got carried away with emotions, don't you remember this, this same emotional tide shouting Hosanna on Sunday morning shouts what? Crucify him on, on Friday. We don't need to stand back uh, cold and discriminating. We also don't need to get run away with the emotional tide. What we need, what we really need is to know 
Jesus Christ, to know him and to know that he knows us. What we need is the true and genuine embrace of the Father, to know love in his name. Here's the point. Here's what I want you to remember. Jesus reveals himself to hear you say his name. He reveals himself. You get that? He shows himself to you. He reveals himself to you personally because he wants to hear your response. He reveals himself to hear you say his name. We need to say his name. Next week, uh, we stand to host maybe 4,000 people for Easter, first pres. That's uh, more than double what we ordinarily would host on a Sunday morning. And what are they looking for? What are they after? Are they here to, to uh, find that kind of comfortable family Easter celebration, the thing that, that we're used to seeing on parenthood or this is us or you know, some great show like that? Uh, or, or are they looking for something more? When Jesus reveals himself, when he shows up, what will they say? Will they say his name? People will evaluate a hundred different things. They'll say, oh, I like the, uh, the music. Oh, I like the, the worship center. I like the classic feel of the sanctuary. I like the parking, you know. <laughs> I enjoyed the socially conscious coffee, you know. I, I tolerated the preaching. It's the first sermon I've tolerated. I'll say a hundred things. I like this, I like that. What about Jesus? They'll catch a glimpse of Jesus, you see. And what will they say? How will they respond? Jesus reveals himself to hear you say his name. And church, our primary mission is to make disciples of all people. Our primary mission is to help people to become worshipers, to know what to say when they see something of Jesus. When he reveals himself, will you say his name and will you help another? to know how to respond. I wanna encourage you to join the celebration and name Jesus. You might think your response is irrelevant. What does it matter what I have to say about who Jesus is? But it does matter, it does matter. When Jesus comes to the city, he watches for the response. He sees how the different people respond. When Jesus shows up in your life, he waits to hear your voice. Here, join the song. When Jesus reveals himself to you, he waits to hear you say his name. On your own lips, in your own heart, he wants to hear you cry, Hosanna, save me. This matters. Your posture matters. Your posture before God matters. You are an eternal soul, and Jesus came to save eternal souls. He reveals himself to hear you say his name how we respond. We can take what we've learned from the parable of the prodigal and apply those characters to Jesus' entrance to Jerusalem on Palm Sunday and just ask ourselves, where do we stand? Where do we wanna stand on, on that scene? The father ran to embrace the son. The older son stood back. I wanna encourage you to, to run. I wanna encourage you to join the celebration. Uh, we wanna... We want to run to Jesus on Palm Sunday. You remember when you were a kid 
and you got excited and you ran for it. You know? Well, the ice cream truck would come through our neighborhood just once or twice and we would run for it. You couldn't help but run for it. You got up and you ran. You ran for all you got. And then halfway there you realize, I didn't bring any money. So then you run back to the house and then you run out again hoping that it's not gone. I want to renew that spirit in us, church. We need to run for Jesus. He's revealing himself. We want to renew that spirit, the spirit that made the father run toward his son, the spirit that made Zacchaeus run in front of the crowd to see Jesus, the spirit that made Peter and John run to the tomb to catch the news on Easter morning. Run for it. Run for it. Jesus is showing up. Run for it. Race to embrace the Lord of grace. It even rhymes. (laughs) Say it with me. Race to embrace the Lord of grace. Today's a moment of uh, divine self-disclosure. He used to hide himself, but now he reveals himself. On the approach to Jerusalem, the normal approach among the great throngs, the crowds headed into the city for the Passover celebration, Jesus stops. He stops. He says, verse 1, as they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt buyer, untie them, bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them. And he will send them right away. And then Matthew adds, just to help us out, this took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. And he quotes Zechariah 9.9 there. This is not a subtle moment. This is a declaration. Some parables Jesus told, other parables he enacted, he acted out. This is Jesus acting out the coming of the Messiah into Jerusalem. There's no question. And the people know it. The people know it's him. Look at verse eight. Uh, A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road. Nobody does that. You don't spread your cloak on the road. And they went and uh, they cut down branches from the trees and spread them. This is it. We have to have a royal procession. We don't have anything. What can we do? We'll cut cut the branches off the trees. This is it. We have to have the procession. And they call out to him. Those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Make no mistake. This is a bold claim. This is Jesus saying, look here. I'm it. I'm the Messiah. Everyone else is walking. Only Jesus is riding in the middle of the crowd through the Golden Gate. This is a deliberate act of divine self-disclosure for all who have eyes to see. When Jesus reveals himself, how will you receive it? Jesus reveals himself to hear you say his name. And what do they shout? They shout Hosanna. Uh, We don't use that word a lot. Once a year, in fact. But you know what it means? It means uh, save me. Save me. When you come into contact with Jesus, when once you catch a glimpse of the Savior, your heart 
just starts to cry out, save me, save me. I didn't know this was possible. I didn't know you could come into my life. Now here you are, you're God, you're the one, you're the Lord, you're God incarnate face to face. Save me. They cry out, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's a quote from Psalm 118, 26. It's a good verse for whenever you're in that moment. Have you ever had that moment in your life where the moment's so rich, so full, so glorious that you think anything that led to this, everything that led me to this point in my life was worth it. This moment is everything. You know, like... uh, Rascal Flats said, um, God bless the broken road that led me straight to you, the prophet Rascal Flats. <laughs> Have you ever had a moment like that? Where you just say, anything that, that led me here, everything that pushed me to this moment, anything that led me to get on my knees and pray, everything that led me to start that conversation with a Christian friend, everything that pushed me into church that Sunday, everything along that road. It's blessed. God did that to bless me to bring me to this moment of fulfillment, Hosanna in the highest. The heart, it has to sing, it has to erupt, Hosanna in the highest. It matters how you respond to Jesus. It's worth noting how, how, Jesus, how Jesus rolls in. Can you respond to Jesus? Isn't he so far off? Look how Jesus rolls in. He rides in humble. Uh, I was struck kind of in my study this week, I was struck thinking again about this animal that Jesus rides. You know, it's kind of funny. Is it a colt? Is it a donkey? Is it this, that? You know, it's funny to me how the Bible can't really even figure out what this animal was. I mean, the Bible itself. Uh, Even Zechariah the prophet was kind of like, I see the Messiah coming into Jerusalem riding. Man, what is that thing? You know, whatever it is, it's some kind of a humble creature. That maybe that's why the owner was just like, yeah, take it. Just take the, you know, <laughs> nasty creature. Whatever it was, it's humble, you see. It's humble. Jesus rides in while others walk. He fulfills messianic prophecy. He's the Lord, but he rides in humble on a lowly beast. Humbly, he he rides in. He doesn't ride in as a coercive and conquering king. This beast is is low to the ground. Jesus was probably dragging his ankles to ride along on this thing. He's right there, you see. He's the Lord, but he's accessible. You could reach out and touch him if you tried. He rides in on this, uh, this beast. It's no war horse. We could look outside and see General Patton. Isn't that Palmer? Not Patton. <laughs> it's Palmer out there. But you could see him out there on his, his mighty steed. And that's not Jesus today. He rides in humbly, accessible. He rides in not on a war horse but on a beast 
of burden. Jesus doesn't come in to conquer and coerce. He comes in to bear a burden, to take your burden away from you. He, he rides in slowly, humbly, near. Uh, maybe we'd be more comfortable with the great vanquisher of evil come to enlist us in his army, but that's not Jesus today. Jesus is near to us. He's accessible. And he wants to reveal himself to you. Why? Because he wants to hear you say his name. And he wants to be face to face, eye to eye. When you come face to face with Jesus, what will you say? Jesus reveals himself to hear you say his name, Jesus, Jesus. It means God saves. So Jesus can show up. He can reveal himself. He is able. We proclaim this, this, uh, this profound spiritual truth that there is a God and he is not dead nor doth he sleep. And Jesus can show up, he can show up in your life around any corner. You might see him as Oswald Chambers says, he appears where we least expect him and always in the most illogical connections we need to be ready to see Jesus and see him revealing himself. He's here. You know I think a lot about, uh, about our high schools in town and uh, our high schoolers and how... <clears throat> Hopelessness just seems to have taken root. And I hate hopelessness. I hate it. Don't you? But I understand. Imagine going through high school and you have no relationship with God. You have no uh, concept of the spiritual world that you can trust. You don't know Jesus. You would feel, honestly, you'd feel like a like a rat running through a maze. Always right, always left. You're living in two dimensions. I can only go right or left, right or left, and I can't even remember where I came from or where I was trying to head, and some of them are, some of, the, of the, those in the maze, they're trying to ring the bell and get the cheese. Some of them in the maze, they're just trying to get out, just get me out, and others of them, they just kind of find a place, a quiet place to escape all the scratching and the biting, but they can only live life in two dimensions, left, or right, what about up? What if Jesus could intersect their lives vertically from above? What if Jesus could come into their lives? What if they could know Jesus and know that there's another dimension to life and they could trust him and know him and follow him and he would walk with you through every turn that's left? What if you could look up? We need to pray every day, pray every day, Jesus, walk the halls of our schools and show up in our kids' lives. But not just kids. Not just kids. Next week, someone will come to our church Someone who has been living life in two dimensions, left or right, but never up. They'll come, and they're going to see Jesus. <laughs> because Jesus is about to be lifted up. 
Jesus is going to be on display in beauty and in truth, in grace, in power. Jesus is going to be on display here and they are going to catch a glimpse of Jesus and what will they say? Jesus reveals himself to hear you say his name. What will they say when they see him? Will you help them to say Jesus? What will you say? What will you say? This can be a place where the top comes off the maze. This can be a place where life is lived in a new dimension. This can be a place where hopelessness dies and life begins anew. It can happen right here because Jesus is showing up. This can be the place. The father ran to welcome the son. The, the older brother sat back kind of uh, cold. The, the, the crowds, they shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna, welcome Jesus. Others sat back cold and quiet. I want to encourage you, race to embrace. Get in, get in this. Get in this with Jesus. He reveals himself to hear you say his name. He shows up. Embrace him. Your response matters. He wants to hear you say his name. Amen. Let's pray together. Can we pray together as a church one voice? If I pray, would you pray with me? Every voice, bow your heads. Let's pray together. Oh, Lord, my God, we are trapped in the dark until you show up. You are here, Lord. Give my heart courage to say your name, Jesus, 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 amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.first-prez.org.